Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on planettyro.com. I'm back here with my buddy Simon Rad in studio. Every once in a while, we like to do it live. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be here. Minus the microphone checks that we've been doing for the past half an hour. No, don't exaggerate. You know we got to do it for the quality of the podcast, for that quality control. If you want quality, why don't you leave and I'll do it by myself. <laughs> Fuck you. It takes two, bitch. <laughs> Guys, if you were here last time, you actually... Hopefully, you were tuning in to us last time. You probably saw us talk about that masterpiece of filmmaking, Hollywood ending. Was it a bit meta? Did we even know what Woody Allen was doing? Was that Woody Allen confronting his real life at all in that movie? Why don't you listen to that discussion and find out? If you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a link in the top right-hand corner. If you're listening on the podcast, don't worry, there'll be a link in the description. Guys, I have to remind you guys, this is a Woody Allen retrospective with over nearly 40 goddamn videos we're in the 2000s. These are spoiler discussions, guys. You know who we are. You know what we do. Let's move on with it. And Simon, if you don't mind ushering us into this marvelous movie of the 2000s, let's get on with it. What's it about? Yeah. Next year, another year, another movie. 2003. What's it called? Something else? Anything, Anything else. else. Anything <laughs> else but this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and, no. and, and, and if that doesn't foreshadow you how memorable this movie is, well, holy cow. I don't even know. Why it's called anything else. Honestly, quick summary. This is a beautifully shy movie. The cinematographer for this. And I am going to start the film summary with the cinematography. Because that's the best thing about this movie. Like it or not. He deserves a shout out. He yeah, really yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. Please call out the gentleman's name as well. So I can laugh at you for your pronunciation. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a do you think he's an Indian Asian director? Or yeah, fr- French and, uh, French and uh, Turkish, I think. Or and he's been working with Woody Allen ever since. Actually, he's been consistently. He, he, he did a lot of movies with Woody Allen after this one. And he also worked with David Fincher a lot. He worked with David Fincher on Seven and on um, a couple of other movies. I know he did Panic Room as well. I'll find it when we get through the discussion. I'll look it up. But yeah, you push forward. Yeah, yeah, pe- people so. use your phones, but he, <laughs> he 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 he's very very good. He's wonderful. And this movie shot beautifully. Woody really upped his game. It's really it really feels like a modern movie, and that's the core concept. It, kind of like a modern Woody Allen comedy from the 70s you know like uh, an any hall for the next generation except it's not any hall and it's not funny and it's not entertaining what it does have is Jason Biggs acting his ass off I mean he went all in with this one and I threw really bad for him because he's showing range he's not doing his usual shtick you may have remember him from American Pie from Yep. Or Loser or some of the other movies he did. More recently, he's even in Orange is a New Black. He doesn't get a lot. He was in the first season the most, but now yeah. he's kind of just gone in the background. Yeah, but he, he, he can act. Yeah. Uh, he shows it in this movie. Sure. He's the Woody Allen surrogate, which we seen Woody do before. like mm, uh, Multiple times with multiple actors. Oh, and now yeah, celebrity, yeah. yeah. He's also in the movie as the most colorful character, basically Jason Biggs, who is a comedy writer. Meets up with this part-time comedy writer guy, played by Woody, who becomes a mentor and, and sort of a crazy father figure for him. He's a very colorful character, has a anecdote for any given situation, and tells these really funny one-liners. And too bad that he's in the movie for very little time, because the rest of the movie is dry as hell. I thought for the longest time they should have gotten the girl from American Beauty, who was in 
loser with she Jason Biggs. Well. Her name Mina Cinero, I believe. Yeah, but instead of her, they got a girl that looks just like her. What's the actress's name? Christina Ricci. Exactly. Who, again, is fine, but in this movie, she plays Jason Biggs' girlfriend, and the entire movie is about their troubled relationship, and it's flat as hell, and everybody gets pushed to the background. Woody gets pushed to the background, and Danny DeVito, who plays Jason Biggs' agent, again, kind of a, a classic Woody character, uh, an underperforming agent that's more likable for his personality than his accomplishments as an agent, who Jason Biggs kind of keeps around because he's afraid of letting him go because he would disappoint him. That storyline gets abandoned as well. And throughout the movie, Jason Biggs kind of remembers how they got together and he's trying to pull through the issues of insecurity of he's trying to write a novel and they can't seem to have sex anymore and the relationship's kind of worn out and they argue a lot and they go back and forth and then she doesn't tell him that her mother is going to move in with them for a short period. No, he does tell <laughs> she does well, no, he, she, she, she tells him on the day or something yeah. like that. But, you know, yeah. basically she piles up the headache on top of him. And I got to give it to Woody. He nails that part of a relationship because a relationship is poison for love. I'll tell you that. Damn, son. You said this to me. You said this to me off mic. And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of a riddle. It's kind of fucking... Uh, depressing <laughs> kind yeah, of I, 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 i'm not even joking that part of the movie was saw that she is a headache to deal with but here's my thing it cannot be lopsided because yeah it's very realistic that she's a pain she doesn't listen she always has a problem jason biggs goes out of his way to you know have a, a, a table reservation a nice restaurant for their anniversary and she shows up late and she's of course yeah. she had a rough day and she has a headache and she can't eat she's not hungry then when they get home she's already hungry and i'm like why didn't you eat at the restaurant i wasn't hungry i ate before like, yeah that's realistic but this is nearly two hours of this yeah and jason biggs's character i know you're gonna jump in here jason Biggs' character has nothing to answer for it mm. asexuality is like a theme of the movie where she doesn't want to have sex she doesn't feel horny but jason biggs's character is like a emotional he yeah. doesn't have emotions i thought he was a serial killer for half the film because yeah the, the mothers they're acting crazy she's acting crazy his you know careers upside down he's trying to work on this novel and he has nothing to 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 say I mean, Jason Biggs, his acting's fine, but the script, he never really has any moment. I thought for a second that maybe it's going to turn into Fight Club and Woody's actually just a made-up friend for him. Mm. But then they even kind of squashed that idea. And I don't know, man. I thought this movie was dull as hell because there was no counter-reaction to all the ridiculousness in <sighs> his relationship. And it was just annoying to watch. And the mm. female character was also flat because she was just annoying. 100% annoying. I didn't understand. But Jason Biggs got out of the relationship that made him stay with her so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come with this. I need to come at this from a different direction. Let me start by saying this because I have to reiterate the first thing you said. The cinematography, the look of this movie is so good. I don't remember the last time one of Woody Allen's movie looks good since that musical every everybody says i love you or even before that back in the manhattan annie hall days this movie looks surprisingly beautiful oh my god and for such a dull story while i was watching this oh the cinematographer who i was got the name of now is darius condi con i can't even pronounce the name k-o-k-h-o-n-d 
CJI. I think in the 90s, there was a flavor of Cornetto that called that. And you know what? Cornettos are awesome, so that's not even an insult. And man, the movie, man. Look, when I was watching this movie with you, we sat here and watched the movie from beginning to end. All I kept on thinking is from a writing perspective, how am I meant to feel? Because Cristiano Ricci is the worst girlfriend you could ever expect. First, like you said, it becomes this like realistic, com- comedic take on a relationship i guess if you're in a relationship maybe you remember this ah girlfriends can be funny and guys can be funny but then christiana richie's character is just so she proves herself throughout the movie to be such a bad girlfriend but not in a way that's super egregious because she's bad but jason biggs is more or less not only enabling her but just letting her get away with it throughout the movie she's like you know you can have sex with other people if you want he's like no no why are you doing this to me and then she's constantly, she, you know, she, <laughs> yeah, exactly she constantly does things that are like, I'm <laughs> fucked up. What are you going to do? He doesn't do anything. He just lets her. So I don't feel sorry for Jason Biggs at all. But I'm like, I don't feel sorry for Jason Biggs. Christiana Ricci's character is off the wall, just bad. Is this meant to be funny? Is this meant to be ha ha? This is, this, it's not funny to watch. It's just like, I don't really understand if this is a romantic comedy, where's the comedy? Because, oh, I know where the comedy is. Woody Allen, how can we forget? Because he's in the movie himself playing, as you mentioned, this surrogate advice given, he's like... He's the Mr. Miyagi of the, uh, you know, New York comedy world. He's like a, a comedian Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, remember that guy that Woody Allen used to have as a psychic in all his movies? His name Tony was Roberts. Tony Roberts, yeah. Now Woody Allen is playing the, an evil version of Tony Roberts. Woody Allen's got some of the best lines in the movie. He comes in with all of his quick jokes, quick one-liners. He's giving Jason Biggs advice. And, you know, it's it's fun to see him. He's got a lot of energy like he does for his age. It's like, oh, Woody, you're kind of funny. But to be honest with you, in the context of the movie, he's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. He's the wild card in a movie that is very mellow. And I'm just like, Woody, I don't know, man. It's nice that you're throwing yourself in there for a little bit of flavor. But you're not really helping the story. You're just that wild Kramer character on the side in this otherwise annoying romantic comedy. And the movie just goes on and on and on. And that's basically it. I mean, it's derivative as hell. We, you know, every step of this retrospective, we say, hey, Simon, remember this movie, Woody Allen takes this movie and that movie makes this movie. And, he takes, and, you know, he takes bits and pieces. That's fine. This movie, he just takes one movie, which is basically Annie Hall watered down and I don't know, man. I, I really miss the Woody Allen Pages Watches guy because he does the research and he actually finds the headspace of Woody Allen to see what he comes up with or how he came to the conception of these movies. The only thing I can ascertain while I watch this movie thinking what made him write this movie is that he's just lying on his laurels. This doesn't feel inspired to me. It doesn't feel like an inspired story. It feels like something he's written before and usually, like I said, he picks ideas from different movies. It's just one Great cinematography, one idea, one relationship that is very unrealistic and cartoony at the end of the day and very repetitive. This movie is such a bore and it's a waste of talent. Christiana Ricci is a good actress. Her career is not great. Let's be honest, the best movie she's probably known for is Casper, which is sad, which is a good kids movie, and Monster with Charlie's Ferman, which is an Oscar-nominated movie for the actresses, well, not for her, Persephone. I think she got a... No, she didn't get anything, actually, but... Those are her best roles. She's got a, she's got a TV show. Wow, yeah, you're like Danny DeVito. We're a, what a great agent you would be. Like, oh, you really sold me on well, that. More than right now, she's got a TV show called Z, which is a true story based on the 1930s as a this actress, a fantastic series, doing really well. And obviously, 
after this movie, she did stuff like Snake moaned down when she's playing that Nymphomaniac with Samuel Jackson. I mean, you know, this movie could have helped her, but Woody didn't write a good film of character. Jason Biggs didn't get away unscathed because he's just written very poorly. Man, what a waste for Danny DeVito. What a waste because he's got such a great voice. He's just a side character. I'm not even going to bother getting into Jimmy Fallon's in the movie. In oh, the yeah, cameo. yeah, Jimmy Fallon, which, again, just adds to the New York vibe. Yeah. The movie has a great setup. You're like, wow, you got all these people. You got a good cast again compared to, you know, the last movie, Hollywood sure. ending. Oh, yeah, definitely. You have fresh young talent. This really feels like, okay, the next generation of a Woody movie set in New York. The movie looks beautiful. And then you tune out of the movie for 20 minutes and you don't miss anything. We Nothing. were talking over the movie, just having discussions. Yeah. And we'd go back and it's like, oh, yeah, they're still in a relationship. The mother's still there. She's still, I guess, doing something, hooking up with guys or whatever. Doesn't matter. Has no impact on the story. I can't think of a standout element in the movie, not even a standout scene. And, and it's funny. In a movie like Mighty Aphrodite, the one scene or one gag supporting characters had more of an arc than anybody in this movie. Yeah. I didn't understand why. Denny DeVito's character wasn't developed more. The movie had plenty of room yeah. to cut down from the relationship Plenty nonsense. of goddamn time. This movie's yeah. over now and it's like nearly two hours. Yeah, it's like, why spend so much time in this crappy relationship when we could develop Denny DeVito's character a bit more? So when, you know, it's time for him to face the fact that Jason Biggs might be leaving him, it has a bigger impact. You know, you feel more for that character because he had maybe more than two scenes leading up to that point. You know, let me say this. You know, most of the time, let me give Woody, I give Woody credit on one thing, man. And to kind of wrap this up, but there's more film to talk about off outside of the movie. But Woody Allen, he knows at the end of the movie, man. And again, when you when you end the movie, it's gonna leave a last impression. So the moral to the end of this movie is that his girlfriend was fucked up to the end, and he just put up with it. Woody Allen's a fucking psycho. His character's a psycho. The end. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? He he does end the movie on a clever note where, again, very new, a New York story. You know, Woody tells a story about being in New York and the emotions he went through. And he talked to a cab driver about it who had a very New York cab driver type of answer. And then guess what? Jason Biggs in the final scene of the movie is sitting in the cab leaving New York. So I'm like... Wow, you actually did something clever here. Do you remember what the cab driver said? Because I'm glad you brought it up because that's the name of the movie. The cab driver always hears these stories about your life. Oh, you'll tell that's the why it's called anything yeah, else. Yeah, because the cab you... driver will tell you this long story about your life and then you'll say, well, that's life just like anything else. Yeah, that's the cab driver. Is that, how I, that. Is, is that how I should feel about this movie? This whole mess of a story that leads into nothing. And I go, hey, Simon, this movie, it's just like anything else. Yeah, I, I guess because that was the cab driver's response. I mean... Yeah, fuck it. Forget yeah, about it. Whatever. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's like... Th Is that, that what this movie should have been called? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, whatever, because... Uh, you know who really gives me a joke about this movie? Your boy, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Who who called this movie one of his, uh, what, uh, top 20 favorites since 1992 or so something? Jason, he said, quote on Wikipedia, from what I just saw... Jason Biggs under undercover hit from the nineties, one of the best Jason Biggs movies for the early two thousands of two thousand whatever, and one of his favorite movies of whatever. What a fucking clown! <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was a fucking troll and a fucking clown. He says a lot of bullshit, by the way. I think a couple of years ago he made like his best list of movies, and it was complete horseshit. So. <laughs> 
you know, I take this shit with a grain of salt. He might have even, you know, this was this is one of them times where it might be either a Wikipedia misquote, someone wrote this shit down, or Quentin Tarantino just chatting shit. Either way, this movie is not good. All right, I'm not gonna come out and say I hate the movie. It's watchable, but honestly, it's just so derivative of Woody Allen. Honest, this is a movie where he just lied on his laurels and just didn't try. And, and even you know, I, I guess. Jason Biggs with the raunchy comedies was hot. So, you know, throwing Woody's sense of humor in the mix may have been an interesting idea or whatnot. But that's not how Woody works. We know that. He has his ideas. He develops the script. Then he casts whoever is interesting at the time and available because they're up and coming and popular actors. At this point of his career, that's how he works. And he starts relying more on these certificate characters where he would play them earlier. But now he gets a younger actor to play these characters, which is fine. It works fine for the movie, but outside of that, I don't see why this was made and and, and how it was put together. Because there's so much more other exciting films with these type of castings and these type of subject matters being made around the time a little bit before and a little bit after. Like something like Cruel Intentions, for instance, because mm. uh, I mentioned uh, a few reviews back the original yeah, you did, were based yeah. on the novel. Uh, uh, with um, 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 you know, John Malkovich and, uh, and Keanu Reeves and mm. uh, Uma, Young Uma Thurman, uh, Glenn Close as well. Yeah, that, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we're not gonna go into it, but I'm just saying, Cruel Intentions, way more interesting depiction of how relationships worked in a. Dude, really I'll, I'll top you up even more than that, even in a lesser way. That other Jason Biggs movie with Mina Simone, Loser. I I read it out of the movie. It's a much better movie than this, which was very yeah. similar kind of outline. So. You know, what I do want to say in defense of Woody Allen, and I honestly think this is the problem. I don't know for facts, but Woody Allen does a movie a year, okay? This might be one of the one of those points where he just wasn't in a good state for an, a brand new idea. He just might have been like, oh, I, wanna, I don't want to break my year track record and now I don't really know what to do, so why don't I just, you know, yeah. maybe I could twist up any horse somehow and come up with something? Because honestly, this is very uninspired. That's the bottom. I don't want to belabor the point. This is a definite skippable one. But, man, the cinematography is so goddamn good. That's the only thing that keeps it. I'm like, put this movie on in the background in a, like a lazy Sunday or something where you're just chilling at home and you, you're reading a book and you're talking with your friends or whatever, or your girlfriend, and, and you just want to have something on because it's really gorgeous to look at it. It's, it's not offensive, but, yeah, yeah. you're right. But I don't, I don't get it because he has a bunch of good ideas after this movie. Inspiration comes in waves? Is that what they say? I really don't know. It's kind of it's kind of puzzling because there's elements like his character in the movie has a scene where he has a meltdown and I'm like, okay, is this falling down now? Like the Michael Douglas movie? Mm. It, why wasn't that a bigger theme of the film? Like just like with the last movie where his relationship with his son could have been such a, a good little plot line and a much bigger part of that film, Hollywood ending, but it wasn't. And here, him having this meltdown and becoming a more of a detached kind of a enraged, unpredictable character it would have added more excitement to the film, but it would have changed the tone drastically from this lighthearted, you know, romantic film. We're, we're, we're getting to this conclusion that's coming pretty clear. We're getting the evidence for it as well. Woody Allen's comedy is not working. And even though this ain't the same as the 70s, 60s comedy, it just seems like he's a much better serious director, which, as we've heard from his own mouth, he prefers anyway, and we're just going to work out really well from him in a couple of movies. Yeah. The comedy stuff just doesn't work anymore. It, it just yeah. doesn't seem to work, and people and, don't like it. And, and that's what... We talked about this during the film. Then I'm like, 
he kept going on about how he doesn't want to make comedies yeah. since the late 70s, 1980s. Yeah. And then he had a string of very serious movies in the 80s. And ever since then, even his more serious films were really funny. Yeah, they were. You know, Deconstructing Harry is funny. Celebrity has even a lot of... Even Crimes and Misdemeanors is funny. He's on the side, you know, making a film for Alan yeah, Alda yeah. doing that comedy bit. Yeah. That's a fun, that's funny. Even Sweet and Lowdown had funny moments. You it's know? fucked up funny. That's really fucked up yeah, funny. It's messed up funny. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Husbands and Wives is funny. He naturally has comedy in, any of, in all of his narratives. Period. Yeah. That's just how he is. Yeah. So we don't, when he's forcing a comedy and trying to make it a comedy movie like these last four, audience don't like it anymore. Yeah, you it, know? It's just like, I don't understand how we ended up here. How we ended up with so many comedies when he wanted to do so many dramas. I, I really welcomed the break after the 80s. I was like, finally, we get yeah. back to the more fun, creative Woody Allen bits. And especially with not having to have a, a Mia Farrow certic. I was about to be on Alice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, exactly. Like Alice was the low point. Like finally, we don't have to deal with you know Mia Farrow certic movies every two three years. And then we get a flying with Alec Baldwin at Superman. <laughs> uh, the, let's forget about that movie. But yeah. I'm guessing that because in the '90s he worked with Miramax, the raunchiness was more welcomed, and these movies were all seemed to be released through DreamWorks. Yeah. So maybe the deal was, and at that point, Woody, at that point in his career, Woody didn't have the range that he has nowadays where he just talks about, like, nobody can see the script. Nobody can know who I cast. Like, they just give me the money and I'll do everything. Mm. You know, maybe they said, we would like a string of comedies first and then do the depressing ass, you know, life is pointless, we're alone in the universe dramas. Maybe that was it. I don't know, because he seemed to have been committed to doing comedies four years in a row, which led us to this point. That's my best guess. And I said, told you this before we started recording. He reminds me of Prince, where Prince had so many albums, so many songs. He released unofficial albums. Every Al year. Consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Albums he, that were only sold during his concerts. He had so many songs every yeah. year. And the real Tupac the, of R&B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And outside of that early on period where he had just triple a best albums ever in a row like bang 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 after that you know he just had an overwhelming catalog of work that kind of melted together but then every now and then he would come out with a song and everybody would just be like wow yeah. this guy's a genius yep and that's kind of how i see woody at this point that he makes a lot of films every year and like this one, it kind of melts into the same narrative. It's yeah. based in New York. It's a rom-com. It criticizes relationships. Jason Biggs talks a little bit about, you know, the universe and the feeling aimless, pointless, yada, yada, yada. But it's not a big part of the movie. The female character doesn't work because you don't see why he's so infatuated with her and you don't root for the relationship. They're both cartoon characters. Yeah. By the end, you just like, these two are both cartoon characters. A and I don't care about this relationship. And I, I, I y'all can stay together or be separate. I, it doesn't matter because Nobody nothing seems cares. to, yeah. Nobody cares. It kind of wish washes in, but then it feels like this is just the rest time for Woody. You know, like he, yeah. he does a movie to kind of relax and get, Get it out of the way, maybe. Villa, yeah, well, Phil, yeah, and Villa. then he's gonna come back. Oh yeah, full swing. So oh, yeah, it's coming. So yeah, whatever. I mean, I can't really say anything more positive about this because it was just very dull. But it is what it is. There's nothing else to say except that. Why don't we talk about the audience feedback on Rotten Tomatoes on IMDb? 
another stinker. People really don't do not like the movie. People are just dogpiling on the movie. And honestly, I can definitely see why. Sometimes I'm all forgiving. Like I'm, I've just finished watching this movie and I'm just like, I don't really want to remember it. And here's the thing, man. I'm a praising movie. I'm going to give him a backhanded compliment. The great cinematography with shitty storylines, unfortunately, is modern Woody Allen. Because all the, we'll get to it. If I'm wrong, we'll see. But modern Woody Allen has fantastic cinematography. But the stories do not seem to gel well with the audiences. So this movie in particular has got low fives, below fives, even very bad word of mouth. And his recent movies. Again, like you just said, he has his gems. Boo Jasmine and Match Point we're going to get to. He has rule shiners and obviously um, Midnight in Paris. But amongst them seems to be dead space. But let's see. That's why we're doing a retrospective so we can actually analyze each one along the way and then give our final thoughts and whatever. So that's enough of that, guys. This is another discussion that's probably longer than it needed to be. Let us know what you think of the movie. Let us know what you think in the comments down below. Leave a comment whether you're on YouTube, the podcast feed, or what have you. Simon, I want to thank you for joining me on this one as always. You know, it's like anything else. Ha, nice. That was actually quite perfect, actually. I think it was not like anything else. Our site, WoodyAnimetro.com, where we got all the other Woody Allen <laughs> discussions <laughs> in one single place because no one else has done that. You see, that was great too, Simon. I'm a good show, man. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, I put all these annotations on the screen. You can click to go back to all the other stuff we do apart from WoodyAnimetro.com. But again, we're going to get the hell out of here. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next recording. Take care. Peace out.